Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... Yes, I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood. Actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 276 of the podcast. Yes, yes, and proud we are of all of that. I've got just a little bit of a hangover from last night's Wilderness festivities. So it's it's a very small hangover, which is only made worse by the fact that I've been having a hard time sleeping. I set my alarm for nine o'clock. I'm like, I'm going to wake up at nine o'clock. I'm going to watch the movie again. Uh, finish writing the podcast, but my body just said, nope, 6 a.m. <laughs> and so my body's been doing that a lot. So I've only got about four or five hours of sleep. I don't yeah. know exactly when I went to sleep. I think I went to sleep at 1.30. So it, I, I'm not at 100%, but I'm still here because I'm a professional. Yes, damn it. I'm ready to do this. Okay. Uh I've got, hold on, I've got some backgrounds uh, that I have absolutely not set up whatsoever. Uh, That would have been a smart thing to do. But I have them all here on a file somewhere. Uh, where's, Where's my first picture file? Okay. I don't have it. Dang it. Okay, that's fine. I don't want him anyway. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> Bunny! Yes! Wait a second, wait a second. We didn't do the whole welcome to the Pope on film or anything. We did? Huh? We did. Did we? We absolutely did. Yeah. We did? <laughs> we did. Yeah, wow. Did. I said it's and then went on this rant about it. I was. Okay. Yeah, no, we totally did. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we good? We good? We good? Well, we good? I, my, we good. my medication may need adjusting, but other than that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, buddy! Yes. I would like to start off this episode of The Pope on Film with a song, if I may. It's it's a short song. It's a popular song by the band Talking Heads that I have rewritten for for our present state. Yes. And uh, I would like to sing it now, if I may. May I, Bunny? Oh, yes, please. Okay, good. <clears throat> Whoa, Stephen Miller. Has COVID. Ha 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 fucker. I stole this bit from someone on Twitter. First off, Stephen Miller is 35 years old. Yeah, can you believe that? And apparently, uh, evil ages you because that motherfucker always looks like he just stared into the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, he so, does. So. Uh, I am much older than him, and I think that because evil ages you, that I actually uh, look all right. I'm really proud of of that. 
Every time I see Stephen Miller, it's like a it's like a burst of positive energy because like, oh, look at how <laughs> you are. Look at how shitty you are and how shitty you look. And it's like, oh, hey, nice. I'm going to start a company that just sends you pictures of Stephen Miller to make you feel better about yourself. Oh, that is a nice business model. Yeah. I, I, and it's just like, I must agree. Hello. Welcome to, welcome to Monday. Here's a picture of Stephen Miller. Can you believe he's just 35? And you go, oh, okay. Wow. Now I'm ready to conquer the rest of the day. You know? Yes. I'm really, I'm really happy because Stephen Miller is just so absolutely evil. Oh God, yes. That him getting COVID is the one politician where where uh, we can all be happy about it. You know? Yeah. It's like when 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 Trump got COVID, people were like, "Oh, ooh, I don't want to." I don't want to wish harm, but when it comes to Stephen Miller, it's just, oh, no, all gloves are off. I hope that motherfucker rots in fucking. I want to wish harm. I want to wish harm on all of them. Much, much harm. Yeah. I I would like to inflict the harm, but that's that's not possible. Yeah, absolutely not. But yes. Fuck him. Steve Steve Miller getting COVID is 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 very encouraging. Uh, that pretty much the whole White House and all of the Nazis have COVID is very encouraging, and I think that the odds are huge in our favor that an A list Nazi is gonna die. At yep. least one yep. of them. I love that you called him Steve Miller. So I'm coming up with a with a concept cover band in my head right now, and it's called the Stephen Miller Band. Yes, and they do racist versions of Steve Miller songs. So it's just whoa, listen to the music. <laughs> Except if you're a Jew, mm-hmm. no Jews can listen to the music. White's fine. So that's my new, it's a concept band. Yeah. So I did about that. Bunny! Yes. This one I do have a background for, but while I'm trying to put it up, I'm going to uh, carry on with my story. Fun fact for you, Bunny. I live in Oklahoma, and the capital of Oklahoma is Oklahoma City, which is home to the Oklahoma County Jail, which is a piece of shit jail run by pieces of shit. Okay. It's a joke. It is a national joke. It is uh, a national embarrassment on a regular basis. Uh, The reports of just neglect and abuse are so bad that there was a Department of Justice investigation in 2003, and the Department of Justice was constantly monitoring the Oklahoma County jail. I bet they stopped when Trump came along, because that sounds like the sort of thing that Trump would stop doing. But a few weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about uh, the Oklahoma County jail because prisoners escaped... Yes. By tying together and putting it out of the window like uh, like Oklahoma's where the, key, the Keystone cops still do silent films and yes. shit. 
you know, just sneaking out of the window. Which, so like, like if if that worked, okay, yeah. then I know that baking a file into a cake would also work. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yeah, uh, the Oklahoma County Jail is a piece of shit is the setup to the story. Here's a bit more setup. In September, during a board meeting, the Oklahoma County Board of uh, that runs the jail voted four to three to deny ICE access to the county jail. But then the head of the board invalidated the vote and redid it a few days ago. And of course it passed. So now ICE has 100% full access to the Oklahoma County Jail, which is some evil, corrupt, rape bullshit right there. So, So that's the context. Now here's the actual story. Two detention officers and their 50-year-old supervisor were all charged with misdemeanor counts of cruelty to a prisoner and conspiracy. Okay. Why, you might ask, because... Like Dr. Frankenstein's assistant Fritz taunting and torturing the monster with fire, they tortured at least four in... Uh, No, I must interrupt. Thank you. Thank you for that. You did not call him Igor. You're goddamn right it is. Yeah, Yeah, he's not Igor until Bela Lugosi shows up. Yeah, but but the original one is Fritz. So I was really proud. Yeah, I was, thank you for saying that because I was proud that I put in Fritz. It's yes. Fritz. So uh, they tortured at least four inmates at the Oklahoma County Jail. This is what they did. So last holiday season, the two officers would lock inmates in the visitation rooms, force them to stand for hours and hours on end, with their hands cuffed behind them and tied to the wall, while for hours they were forced to listen at painfully loud volumes. In, 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 in This is torture, basically. As loud as humanly possible, they were forced to listen to the song Baby Shark on loop over and over again. Oh, my God. That's yeah. some Guantanamo Bay shit right there. Yes, is what is. that is. That's some serious torturing motherfuckers. And, and this isn't a prison, it's a jail. So these two guards are torturing people who had too many traffic tickets or were like street racing and stuff, you know? It's not like everyone who ends up in the Oklahoma County Jail is like this murderer who you have to fucking torture or whatever. And then the 50-year-old supervisor knew that this was happening and did nothing to stop it. Because America truly is an evil, corrupt nation. America is such a corrupt nation that I thank God that we live in a country with white people. And I'll tell you why I'm so happy for white people, because if we were a country of just brown people and we were doing what we are doing now, America would America. Oh, God, yes. Yes, we would. I can already hear like Trump saying we have to bomb America. They've got a dictatorship. They are torturing their people. There are riots on the street. That's why we're sending troops into America to stop these Americans. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how evil we are right now as a nation. Yes. You know, thank goodness we're not a just well, a nation. We're, we're we're getting denounced. I I mean, we did the piece where Venezuela denounced us. Yeah, Venezuela denounced us. That's like uh that's like uh, Nicholas Cage saying, "Whoa, can you tone your acting down a little bit?" Yes. Yes, uh, exactly. Wow, Just you're you're really Yeah. Jeez, yeah. you need to calm it down. Uh Let me add this background really quick. Okay. Bunny. Yes. This is a this is a short little segment, but I still wanted to give it its own time. Uh, this is an update on a story that we covered earlier in this pandemic. I, I believe it was during a, a like a, a news smatterings, but forty-two-year-old okay. Alabama man Richard McGuire <laughs> traveled from Alabama to Florida. And snuck onto Disney's Discovery Island, which in the 80s was a water park, but that eventually they built a much better water park and they just abandoned Discovery Island. So it's still an island on the Disney World property, but it's abandoned. So Alabama man Richard McGuire snuck onto Discovery Island with the purpose of camping in Disney World during the pandemic. I, I like that plan. Yeah, that's a really good plan. That and the guy who snuck into the movie theater and was just living on uh, yeah. the, the snacks. Those are the two, you know, living the dream. So he pleaded no contest under a plea deal and was fined just a $100. Not I was surprised bad. by that. I could afford that. Yeah. And he was banned from all Disney parks for life. But like, how do you enforce that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like if you, you, you go to Euro Disney, you go to Disneyland Paris and they're like, hold on. We need to check to make sure you are not Richard McGuire. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like facial recognition shit going on there like like how do they stop richard mcguire from going into the park can't yeah. he just like go to Disneyland and just wear a hat and just like they're not gonna stop him yeah right well what, what we need to do okay what we need to do at this point is we need to hunt richard down and we need to trank him and we need to tag him Okay. Ooh, that's a good idea. Because this guy has already broken into the fucking park once. A ban is not going to stop him. And I'll bet you he figures out a fucking way. No, probably. Probably. Uh, there's a bunch of YouTube videos of people who have snuck onto Discovery Island. And it really is beautiful to see. Just turn it to zero. The middle one. The middle one. The middle one. Uh, it's really 
it's really beautiful to look at because it was at one point in time, a water park and all of the slides are there and everything. And it's just covered in vines and it looks like a post-apocalyptic sort of thing. The only dangerous part is that no one has, no one in Disney has touched it or anything. So, so the wildlife has just taken over. So there's like bacteria there and there's alligators there and snakes and deadly things because disney just said you know what we're done so so disney like tells people like number one going on there is trespassing number two for your own safety don't try and go on discovery island but of course you can't tell uh white people don't do this dangerous thing is one one thing that i have learned okay wait a second though no i i need to take this speaking as a white person i i yes Everything, everything is out to kill us right now. Yes, absolutely. Everything. Wouldn't you rather die in an abandoned part of a Disney park? Absolutely. I would. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if if the fit really hits the shan, I'm going to that Six Flags park in uh, New Orleans that was taken over by Katrina. That would be a fun place. Yeah. That would be that's where I'm going when the zombie apocalypse finally starts, because that'll be fun. You know, it's like the end of Zombieland. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And and like how many of us can go unnoticed? Because because you have a big family. How many yeah. of us can can go unnoticed in the park? You yeah, know? it's a, it's a- it's some impressive shit. I but, just saw a you. But if they come for us, we fucking kill them all. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's weird how in like 2000, baby. It's weird how in 2016 during the election, I was really worried about the possibility of a civil war. And I spent a lot of time on the podcast in like 2016 and 2017 worried about like a civil war breaking out and, and, and white people coming to get me. And, and, and then I kind of stopped talking about my fears of civil war. Cause it's like, Oh, pishaw, Steve, you're just, you're just paranoid. That's not going to happen. It's 2017, you know, now it's 2020 and it's like, shit, I need to start getting weapons. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's time to start making a serious plan now. Yeah. So, hooray! Hopefully, Canada will take us. I, I, We're refugee. I had mentioned in Genie, to Genie, we haven't spoken about it since, but we might be consider, we might have to consider putting our money into dried goods and canned fucking food. Yeah. Uh, gold. That's usually. Oh that's no! Usually that's what, a, that's stupid. Yeah, I never, I never, I never believed in that one. We're talking about. Well, yeah, we're talking about the money devaluating because of the collapse of society. Nobody's going to give a fuck about your gold. They're going to give a fuck I about your Snickers be, bar. I think it's going to be clean underwear. <laughs> Twinkies, yeah, Jeannie's right. It's going to be clean underwear and Twinkies. I'm going to start buying that now in bulk. Yes. Go to Sam's Club, yeah. go to Costco. Go. Yeah. We can build an army of Woody Harrelsons. 
Nice. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. Bunny, we still have a, a full show. We need to talk about your birthday. Woodmas. Uh, MTV VJ Kennedy. We need to talk about Timothy Dalton. We need to talk about um, my idea for Betty White's next career move. Which okay. I'm very excited. Very excited. We're gonna we're gonna re kickstart her career. Sure, she's ninety eight, but if this week's movie has taught me anything, it's never count uh, a woman out. Yes. You know, so so I'm excited about that. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do 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 and break. And break. Trying to let my bob out. Looking for Bob. Trying to find Bob. Trying to let Bob out of me. Trying to bring Bob into the world. Kill. 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 For your amusement. Sorry we had a small mishap. Here are the keys. Um, here are ours. Have a nice stay at Milbar. You in our city. Still telling the same story, Josh? Powers of evil are very strong here. I must leave. Signet power of the magic stones! 
And we're back with more of the Popon film. Bunny. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus starring the incomparable Bunford Williams? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you psyched? Are you jazzed? Are you revved up? Are you ready? Ready and raring to go? Are you ready to do it? Are you ready to conquer? Are you ready to divide and conquer? I got nothing else better to do. All right, then. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. Well, he's not dead yet, but I'm still staying positive. You got to try to. Yeah. Uh, Happy birthday, Bunny. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Not 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 sure how old I am because it involves math now. Yeah. Who has time for that? If if you're old enough to not really know how old you are, who fucking cares anymore? (laughs) Yeah. Who has time for math when the nation is crumbling? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I don't even really know exactly what kind of horrors happened this particular week. I'm just waiting for everybody to start dying. That's that's just it. Uh, Lindsey Graham was said to debate his opponent uh, for in the Senate, and the opponent said, uh, "Hey, before we debate." Maybe Lindsey Graham should take a COVID test. Yeah. And Lindsey Graham said, I'm out. And he gave up. He 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 canceled the debate. Yeah, that is pretty sus. And if you really if you really think about it, there's one reason why he refused to get a COVID test. And that's because if he got a COVID test, that might derail his plans to confirm Amy, whatever the fuck, Barrett to the Supreme Court. Because he's supposed to be running that shit. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's where we are right now. It's fucking ridiculous. (sighs) But one of them has got to die. One of them. At least one... Giuliani is coughing quite a bit lately. Yes, he is. You know? He's almost got a Trump amount of makeup on last time I saw him. <laughs> he almost said, yeah, he almost had a Trump face. He had a lot of makeup on, so I'm assuming he's trying to cover up something. Yeah. I'm pretty so. conv- I'm pretty convinced that Giuliani is Max Shrek. That's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, with that assessment. Because there yeah. were there were always the rumors that Max Shrek actually was a vampire. Yes, you know, and you yeah. got to change your identity from time to time. You know, the whole Highlander thing. You know. Yeah. yeah, they made a movie about that Requiem for a Vampire. I think is what it was called. Shadow of the Vampire. It's a really pretty good. Shadow movie. of the Vampire. There you go. Yeah, uh, uh, Eddie Izzard was in it. Was he? 
Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the people working on the film. Okay, cool. Yeah. Vaguely, vaguely, I haven't watched it in a while, but yeah. Yeah, that's an all right movie. I like that movie. Uh,. I haven't fully moved over to it yet, but I finally got the new computer up and running. It it wanted to be a little bitch. That's why I keep looking over here from time to time, because that's where it is. Yeah. So. Nice. I'm working out the bugs. It'll be ready for the show next weekend. So. That should improve a lot of the quality of the video and I, yep. can, I can start looking inside all the program that I kept planning on using okay cool 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 yes password okay I don't know what the password is. Go ask, go ask your mom. But she's he building, he she's building a loft bed. She's building well, a loft. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is either. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm, I'm a member of an Ari Aster film fans group on Facebook, and we post about Midsommar and Hereditary and uh, just all of the A24 films. Okay. And like 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 2 weeks ago someone on the group informed me that the bear painting that Danny yes. has in her room in Midsommar is for sale at all American IKEA stores. And, and I I said to Natasha like, "Hey, where's the nearest IKEA store?" And she's like, "It's about 3 hours away." Uh, maybe three hours and 20 minutes if we don't want to pay tolls. And she said, why? And I was like, well, you know, the picture from Midsommar is at Ikea. And she's like, we can't go all the way to Ikea just for one painting. And then I learned, uh, I saw a, a meme from a Reddit thread of, a, I, I think it's called Shitty Movie Facts. Okay. And someone uh, who is apparently more obsessed with Midsommar than I am discovered that when Danny goes into the kitchen with the women, because the women have to be working on the food, uh, that they're using authentic Ikea, like a Tupperware type containers to hold the food. And I said, hey, Natasha, there's two things from Midsommar that are on sale at Ikea. And she's like, that's, that's still, that's not enough to, for us to go to Ikea. But then um, right now, Eleanor sleeps with us. Do not climb on there. No, do not climb on there. No, he just pretends to, he doesn't actually do it. Nobody climb on there. You just pretend to, but don't actually. Yeah. See, he's just pretending to. So, uh, Eleanor sleeps in the bed with us and the hope is to eventually finally get her out of the bed so she can sleep in Maxwell's room and they can have a room together uh, so Natasha it, has uh, sold the kids on the idea of loft beds so that they can have room underneath the bed 
to put their toys and stuff and it'll give uh, there'll be more room in Maxwell's room so that Eleanor can get in there and all of that and Natasha has been looking to order one, but the shipping and handling for big ass loft beds would just be absolutely insane. Yes. So Natasha said, you know what, for the, it might actually be a little bit cheaper to just drive the three hours to the Ikea in Texas. It's in Frisco, Texas to drive to Frisco, Texas. Really? Three hours three hour and 20 minutes away, just pick up the beds and then come home and then set them up. That'll be quicker and, and probably cheaper than having to order them somewhere. So, so Natasha woke up uh, Saturday, yesterday on Woodmas at around 1130. And she's just like, should we just do this now? So, 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 you know, Emerald and Amber and Bella were here to take care of the two little ones and and uh, and feed them and stuff. And so we left at noon and we got home around nine. <laughs> the loft beds. Natasha's been working on it today, and and uh, and I got my things. I got yes. my things. This thing is huge. Uh, here. I'm gonna turn off the background. This thing is massive. There you go. That is so. That is fucking awesome, though. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, uh, Danny knew nothing about Swedish culture, but she had a Swedish classic Swedish painting in her house in her apartment. In Midsommar, I also got the Tupperware yes. that they had. So I'm really proud. And it was the last, that was the absolute last painting that they had, period, in the entire store. And so it was truly a Woodmas miracle. But, oh my God, you know how many people are at an Ikea on a fucking Saturday? Really? Jesus Christ. That was it. There was a line just to get into the Ikea. And then there's all of these people and sure they're all wearing masks, but, but God, God, I, 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 it was difficult to not have a panic attack at that Ikea. It was was like, I imagine what it will be like when they finally reopen Disneyland. Yeah. (coughs) The place was just insane. It was absolutely insane. It was the biggest crowd I have been in since March. Yeah, because I went to a comic book. My my town had a comic book convention in the beginning of March, and that was a big crowd before everything started shutting down. Yeah. And that was the big crowd that I was in. And now I've been to an Ikea on a Saturday in Frisco, Texas, and that shit was insane. Yeah. That shit was insane. But I don't know, Afterwards, man. I, I think I gotta hand it to Ikea. You know, for a, a like a big chain store like that to see a movie like Midsommar and be like, yep, that's us. We, 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 we totally identify with that movie. Come and buy no. merchandise. 
I was so upset that I went to Ikea wearing my I Survived the 2019 Swedish Midsommar Festival shirt and no one noticed. <laughs> I was so pissed off that no one noticed that like, I'm wearing a Swedish shirt to Ikea. I should at least get one like, hey, but nothing. <laughs> I was so pissed off. Also, uh, I have spent a lot of time in Oklahoma. It was weird to be around so many Mexicans and gays. Okay. And I was like, look, there's a family of people speaking Spanish and no one's attacking them. Wow. <laughs> hey, look, gay people just holding hands and kissing and, and not getting lynched. Wow. Texas is amazing. <laughs> Like wow, this is the, this. These are the most gay people I've seen in in like a year. Hooray! Do you do you how realize? Nice. Do you realize how how frightening that is? That you need to look at Texas as progressive. Yeah, yeah. No, it's weird. It's really weird. One day I'm gonna move to that liberal Texas. Right. How are you doing, Bunny? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Sinus infection just does not want to go away. Oh, yeah. Same with Natasha. She has a huge sinus infection. I've had it for weeks. Or yeah. months. I don't know. But, yeah. Bunny. Yeah. Got the computer going. That was a really pretty big deal. Um, so I can get back to having fun with it. That's it in my life. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's that's cool. That's, that's it going on there, man. Haven't been out. Have not been to an IKEA. Yeah. Yep. Nope. I have. I have Oh, uh, Maxwell wants to show you his mask. One side is frogs, and the other is uh, strawberries. Strawberries. Nice. Yeah. yeah. He's a big fan of his mask. It's reversible. It's good. Yeah. Cool. Bunny likes it, Maxwell. Yay. Yeah. But they do kind oh. of they do kind of in general look like face bras. Yeah. Yeah. Uh jock straps for your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We are we are one we are one step closer to chinderwear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, nobody died, so no particular reason to celebrate. Yeah. You know. Um, Not yet. Fingers crossed. Still pretty sure we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't actually climb on there, Eleanor. Do not climb on there. Just pretend to. I, I was trying to think because even if Trump doesn't die of COVID, you know, he's still an yeah. old guy. He may be able yeah. to get into a third term, but I okay. doubt he would make it into a fourth. 
And then we got President Donald Trump Jr. That's one bite. Or, and that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about, like, who our next possible dictator is. Uh, It's a good thing that Stephen Miller's got COVID, uh, because he makes a very big possible choice. You know? And really, he's been aspiring to dictator his entire life. So he kind of deserves it. Uh, Tom yeah. Cotton is. Oh, I, I, wow. I think Tom Cotton is a is another good choice. He would be the, like the Pete Buttigieg of fascists, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure who else, but I think definitely those two. We're yeah. gonna be we're we're gonna be hearing from in the future, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And since we're not gonna do anything about it. Me? I didn't knock on my ball. I just got out. Eleanor, don't sit on that. Eleanor, don't sit on that. Please get off of that. Pumpkins are not chairs. Ugh. Yay. Yeah. 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 It's just like a giant rock has been picked up. And and we're just amazed at how many bugs there are under it. And yeah. horrible slimy things. And they're yeah. all in politics, or 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 Christianity, one of those two, or Christianity. Yeah, I, I'm just so exhausted with everything. Just I'm just exhausted with everything right now. Yeah, yeah. Guys, stop fighting. Okay, okay. Please stop fighting. Okay, please stop fighting. Okay, Eleanor, don't get in Maxwell's face. Both of you guys, stop fighting. Okay, both of you, stop getting in each other's faces. Okay? Or it's Thunderdome for both of you. Yeah, I'm, you guys are going to end up being tributes in the Hunger Games. If you guys don't, you guys need to stop fighting. That's what I'm saying. Okay. End up pretending to be a rock like PETA. PETA rock. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's 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 a Hunger Games reference. Just just stop. No, you're not having any more. No more snacks. You guys are eating all of my snacks. Yeah, so that's all I got. That's really all I've all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could dredge up horrors, I am sure, but fuck it. We have a movie to goddamn talk about. Yeah, and I got a short shaft. So <laughs> Okay. 
So that is it for this week. Once again, Bunny Williams, Bunny versus Team COVID. And cut on that. And cut on that. Kids, stop fighting. Okay? Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Stop fighting over the ball or I'm throwing it outside. Okay? Okay. Eleanor, you don't need the ball just because you see Maxwell playing with it for five seconds. Okay? Okay. Guys, please stop fighting. I'm in the middle of the podcast. Okay? Please. Okay? Okay? I want to hear from both of you. Okay. Good. Buddy! Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays uh, in this day and age? But uh, I think I've forgotten the beginning. Uh, But only true fans, real hardcore fans of the show would know two facts about us. Two undeniably totally real and not made up on the spot facts about the both of us. America's hottest will they or won't they podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the first fact, which is about you, Bunny, is that when you're not doing the podcast, you you are working on expanding and taking care of your Guinness World Record winning collection of memorabilia from James Cameron's Avatar. So tell us, Bunny, what are you what is Tell us about some of your favorite Avatar merch that's in your collection. Uh, I I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> Which is weird that you've got a the Guinness merch World is fun. Yeah, the the collection is merch. the collection is fun. It's it, it is the first hate collection ever. You know, gotcha. just like. Gotcha. You know, um, to to absolutely be against everything that that Avatar stands for, and still just have this compulsion to own everything of it, uh, kind of like what those people used to claim who collect Nazi memorabilia. Yeah, like yeah. yeah no, you're just too into it. I'm sorry, I I I don't trust you. <laughs> Same yeah. thing, but but. Uh, I do have one thing that's an absolute prize in the collection. Uh, not very many people have one, uh, and and I really can't get into how I obtained it. But I have one of Sigourney Weaver's pubic hairs. Nice, nice. That is cherish that from Just the cherish. set. From the set, yeah. okay, because it's got to be from the. I mean, because if it was from aliens, that would fuck up the collection. Yeah, that wouldn't fuck count. alien yeah. pubes. Yeah. No it alien pubes here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice, nice, very good. That's a good. That's a good get yes. for you and your yes. collection. That, you know? that was a good get. Yeah, 
And the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to find a story from the history books that maybe not too many people know and reword it via my own unique storytelling voice. And that's what this is. Another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name SHAP. It's short and entertaining and kind of gay. It's the Tom Cruise of podcast segments. Alleged. Anywho, today on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be doing the story of the Mission Impossible bombs. And I'm not talking about Mission Impossible movies that bombed. Oh, no, my friends. I'm talking about re the real-life Mission Impossible bomb scare of 2006, an actual thing that actually happened. But first, mojitos. Oh, wait, no. First, a little bit of backstory. Bruce Geller. Okay. Bruce Geller was the name. He was a screenwriter. He wrote episodes of The Rifleman and Have Gun, Will Travel. And then he got his big break. He was a producer on Rawhide. And so he was a producer for that show. And while he was working on Rawhide, he was like, you know what? These cowboy shows, you know, they're really popular right now. But what's going to be the next thing, the next big thing? You know what? Maybe, maybe spy shows. Maybe I should do a spy show next. So he had the idea, and he brought that idea to term in 1966. He single-handedly wrote, produced, and directed the new show, Mission Impossible, which ran on CBS from 1966 to 1973, and then ran again in the 80s for two seasons. Originally... Peter Graves was not the leader of the IMF, the Impossible Mission Force. An actor named Stephen Hill was, but they yes. replaced him in season two because he's Jewish. Really? Kind of, kind of. See, um, Stephen Hill was an Orthodox Jew, and as such, he would have to leave the set by 4 p.m. on Fridays to be home before sundown, and that was considered a problem to filming. Okay. Because they would film all day and then on into the night, and they're still filming, but Stephen Hill is like, sorry, it's four, I gotta go, and he would take off, <laughs> and that was a problem. So after, as season one that went is, on, they just less and less of him because it's like we can't work around your whole Jew thing. So then in season two, they just replaced him with Peter Graves. Yes. So so I, I, that, was, that was funny, man, because that's somebody I have not thought about in a million years. And as soon as you Stephen mentioned Hill? it, the memories came fucking flooding back. Like, I could picture his goddamn yeah. face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So did they fire him for being Jewish? Kind of. Yeah. They fired him because uh, his schedule conflicted with their schedule, and it was difficult to... No, they fired him because he was Jewish. They fired him because he was Jewish. So they replaced him with Peter Graves. 
The show featured a number of uh, actors in uh, small-time roles, that, including uh, Leonard Nimoy and Sam Elliott. They became yes. sort of regular on the show. And of Sam course, Elliott? Way, I don't remember Sam Elliott. I'm going to have to go back. Neither it. did I, but I looked it up. It, it was all over uh, uh, IMDb and Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, yeah. A young Sam Elliott was on there. So... The show was a popular one, so much so that when Tom Cruise starred in the first film, Mission Impossible, in 1996, it was not seen as a reboot. It was seen as a sequel to the two TV series that came before it, that this was a continuation of the television show. We are doing the television show, except now it's going to be as a movie franchise, and I didn't know that. At least that was the plan when the first movie came out. Eventually, it just became a Tom Cruise vanity project. Yeah. In the beginning, this is a sequel to the show Mission Impossible. Anyway, Bunny, how many Mission Impossible movies have they made? Christ, like seven, and I don't think I've seen a single one of them. I saw the first one. I haven't seen any of the other ones. Uh, they have made six with a seventh one allegedly on the way in 2021. Nowadays, six movies into the series, uh, like I said, it's less a continuation of the TV show and more of a Tom Cruise vanity project to prove to people that he's not an almost 60-year-old man. Yes. Mm-hmm. At this point in time, they're making Mission Impossible movies just so that, like, he's not old. Look at him. We're dangling him from a helicopter at high speeds. going, And then he's going to drop into a ravine. He's totally not almost 69 years old. No. He's, he's almost old enough to star in our movie today. And he yes. looks just about as good. He, every time I see him, I, I see more Botox, and he just looks weirder and weirder like remember how fucking weird as shit joan rivers got to look oh yeah no she had a plastic face it looked weird yeah oh my god she looked monstrous like yeah what did you do to yourself he's going there yeah i see a lot of that in tom cruise and ellen degeneres right now yeah yeah But uh, at first, it was a direct sequel of Mission Impossible to the TV series. So much so that when the first movie came out in 1996, they had uh, as many of the original actors that were still alive that they could get to the premiere. And so Martin Landau showed up, and I'm I'm bringing this up for you. Yes, thank you. Viewed at the red carpet by MTV VJ Kennedy. She just went by one name. Her name was Kennedy. She was like this alt rocker. She started on MTV when she was only 20 years old, and I had a huge crush on her back in the day. Unfortunately, uh, she she took a real strange turn. She left MTV as a VJ. She started doing a – she was a radio DJ for a while. She was voted the worst VJ a few years ago. I recently saw her show up. On a news program as a fucking right wing pundit, yes. Yeah, she's she. It's so weird that she was the host of, um, of like a, like alternative music on MTV, and now she's regularly on Fox licking Trump's ass. I don't know how that happened, yeah. but she but still yeah. has a Kurt Cobain poster. 
So it's all good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, oh, you're the person who buys the Che Guevara shirt and it around. Yeah. Although you have no idea who that is. Okay, now I kind of get it. So, yeah, she interviewed Martin Landau on the red carpet, uh, said, hey, congratulations on your Oscar win for Ed Wood. Are you excited to watch the movie today? Are you a big fan of the Mission Impossible series? And he's like, you, you don't know who the fuck I am, do you? <laughs> Fucking. It was classic. I was only one of the stars of the goddamn TV show from 66 to 73, you fucking bitch. <laughs> they went a different direction with Mission Impossible 2. They got legendary Hong Kong director John Woo to direct Mission and, Impossible 2. But the thing, okay, just before we leave that subject, like, wouldn't before you? Leave Kennedy? Yeah, wouldn't you think that that would just be the bare fucking minimum of research that you could possibly do for interviewing people at a premiere. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It, yeah, the do movie's you, based on a TV show. Some people from the TV show were showing up. You should do, know that. Yeah. yeah. And shouldn't you Can, have known that they were on the TV show? Kennedy has since released a auto an autobiography of her time on MTV where she claims that she lost her virginity to Michael Jordan. A lot ah. of women did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so in Mission Impossible 2 they got John Woo to direct it, which is why suddenly uh, it, it it feels different and uh, stylized and fancy gun bullet stuff and and uh, oh no someone's sneaking up on Tom Cruise I'm gonna do this like upside down bicycle kick and yeah. like suddenly he knows all this kung fu and it's all in slow motion and junk and and event he, he when he when he finished the movie, it was over three hours long. And really? Way, okay. It was way too long. And so Tom Cruise, who is like an executive producer, and his people are like, we need to edit this. And John Woo is like, okay, maybe I can edit a few stuff out. But they locked him out of the editing room. And so the movie that finally came out as Mission Impossible 2 was completely different from what John Woo wanted the film to be. And after every director has directed a Mission Impossible movie, they have asked the director to come back later to direct another movie. They've asked okay. every director, they've asked every director except John Woo. So I'm assuming they hated him and they okay. hated the second one. It's surprising that they made a third one, but they wanted the third one to be different. They wanted it to be different than the second weird stylized, you know, slow motion gunshot in a church. There's a dove flying by sort yeah. of thing. So they went tactical with Mission Impossible 3. It was tactical and serious and he was wearing bulletproof vests and he's, you know, 
You know, he learned how to be like a SWAT team person and like SEAL Team 6 type shit. And they got J.J. Abrams to direct. And they really wanted to do something different from for Mission Impossible 3. So when it came time to advertise the third movie, they also went different. Like, this is going to be a different film in the franchise. Let's try and advertise this different. Let's think outside of the box. It's 2006. How can we come up with something that will really capture America's attention? So this is what they did. Here's what they did. Why they did it, I have no idea. So they rigged 4,500 randomly selected newspaper boxes to have digital audio players hidden inside of them. So once people opened the newspaper box to, and they purchased, you know, a vending machine, once they opened the newspaper box, the theme song to Mission Impossible would play. Okay. It's a, cute, it's a cute idea, I guess, but when you really think about the fact that the film was only four and a half years removed from 9-11, yeah. maybe don't rig newspaper boxes everywhere to have this big, massive electronic device with wires. So, because the media player was... Didn't Teen Aqua Hunger Force do something really equally stupid right around 9-11 as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, the media players were six inches long and two and a half inches wide. And they were a big, solid red box with red, white, and black wires sticking out of it. And yeah, people... (laughs) People were opening up the newspaper boxes, getting a newspaper, and they did it 4,500 different newspaper boxes. So most of the times they worked out well, and you open it up and it's do, 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 do. Uh, 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 welcome, uh, agent. Your mission is if you choose to accept it. And like, okay, that's cute. But not all of them worked. And so sometimes you'd open up a, a like a like a newspaper box and you just get sparks. Yeah. And a lot of times, okay, then throw it away. A lot of times, more often than not, the audio player media device thing that was attached to the inside top of it of the newspaper box would fall. So you're opening up the mailbox and suddenly this big massive electronic thing falls out. And it's like four and a half years away from 9-11 and people are like, holy shit, bomb! There's a bomb! Of course. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, a number of people... And it's (laughs) sparking. A number of people thought that they were bombs and called 911. And so in L.A., because of Tom Cruise, a number of newspaper boxes had to be detonated by the bomb squad. (laughs) And they're clearing out the area and they're stopping traffic and they're getting like hazmat suits and robots and they're detonating newspaper boxes. During one incident in West Los Angeles, over 300 people, including very sick patients, were evacuated from the... uh, 
VA care center hospital. Veterans from wars are being evacuated because of a bomb scare, which turns out to be uh, just an advertisement for a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> yes. So maybe this ad campaign wasn't well thought out? No. Is what no, I'm thinking. No, random bombs yeah. around the city. It's it's just never cute. You oh, know what is what is Tom Cruise's game here? What is Tom Cruise up to? We must stop him now. Yeah. It's like uh it's like Die Hard with a vengeance. And and really, what made anybody think that that was a good fucking idea? No That's idea. The thing, you know, absolutely no idea. But uh, I'm surprised that more people don't know about the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible bomb scare of 2006, and so I'm glad that I had the chance to uh, let people know about it. So that's it for Shap this week. Next week, I have no idea what we're going to be talking about, but it's going to be fun. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's historic approximation. And cut on that. Bunny. Yes. No, not yet. Not yet. Not yet, kids. Not yet. Stop. 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 Okay. I haven't, I, you haven't been cute yet. We still have a movie to get to. We need to talk about um, Timothy Dalton, Dumb DeLuise, Rhino Home Video. Uh, Ringo. Betty White. I've got a got a Betty White movie idea that's going to completely kickstart a career based on this week's film. But before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Bidi, bop, do, And break. Gump. So, Riley, how was the first day of school? Fine, I guess. Did you guys pick up on that? She mm -hmm. did. Something's wrong. Signal the husband. <clears throat> Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? Oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What is it, woman? What? <laughs> Joy. Miss 
is sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Uh, We're Riley's emotions. Uh -huh. These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take it back, Joy. Great. Joy, no, Let wait. Go. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Can I say that curse word now? What do we do now? Nothing's working. Why isn't it working? We have a major problem. Oh, I wish Joy was here. We can fix this. We just have to get back to headquarters. That's long-term memory. You could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. What was that? Was it a bear? There are no bears in San Francisco. I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. This place is huge. Imagination land? No way. Dream Productions? Rainbow Unicorn. She's right there. I loved you in Fairy Dream Adventure Part 7. Okay, bye. I love you. You can't focus on what's going wrong. There's always a way to turn things around. It's Broccoli! Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. I am back as well. And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Buddy. Yes. Act three. It's act, act three. three. It's act three. Yes, buddy, my friend. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on film to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. And march on into the third act. And it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-fat, low-sugar, and now guaranteed not to give you the screaming fire shits movie of the week. And this week, we are continuing our annual trip into the mind of Bunny Williams with a look and, dare I say, takedown of the 1978 May West disco musical, um, what, what would the word be? Fiasco. Fiasco. Sex. Yes. Uh, and FYI, just to let you know, this movie moved me so much and I was so just blown away by this film that I'm already working on what I like to call a spiritual successor. Yes. It's not a sequel. It's a spiritual successor. Betty White. Yes. We get her 98 year old Betty White. Yes. And we reshoot kill bill, but as a musical. Hmm. Kill bill. The musical starring Betty White, but I haven't told you the best part yet. Okay. I'm, I'm calling it Betty White Power. Betty White Power. That's a, 
that's a great name. Yes. You know? That is because that she's is. powerful and she's Betty White. Yes. You know? Yeah. So so it, it, Bunny, um, was this Sergeant Pepper payback? Is that what this was? <laughs> was this just like it your was way of getting at me or it was okay, something let me, let me... we just needed to do for for <laughs> the range of the May West experience. Okay, that's understandable. So let's 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 let me let me start off. Let me start off with with the two questions that I've been trying to lead every movie during our celebration of Bonnie Williams for this your birthday month. Uh the two questions I've been trying to start each discussion with. Number one, why this film, buddy? Uh, didn't we just cover that? <laughs> yeah, I why guess. This, why on. this film? Because I really thought we needed to take a look at Mae West. And, okay. like, but, like, I didn't want to do a month of fucking May West movies. You know? Yes. So yeah. I so I grabbed the first and I grabbed the last, basically. That's a good. That's a good. You know, we're we, yeah, well-rounded look at May West's life. I I was is what we're, I was expecting a bit more out of this movie. I'm not. Yeah. I I expected to see at least one high-speed foot chase, like a Benny Hill kind of a thing. You know, I, I was expecting. I was one expecting zanier. Yeah, I was expecting one big pie fight. We did get a fight in a kitchen. Yeah, but not a pie fight. Pie fight. Yeah. So about that. Um, your thoughts on this film, bud? Your preliminary, fresh out the gates thoughts. Well, thoughts. this is. This is a weird, this is almost, it's similar to Uptown Saturday Night, except I've never seen this movie before, but I was about the same age when this movie came out. Okay, like 76 or something like that? Yeah. And, and. It had a certain amount of buzz, even if at the time it was still kind of mocking the movie that Mae West was going to make. And yeah. there was talk about being about yeah, there was talk about it being a porno that she was going to do a porno, and <sighs> then no, it wasn't really kind of a wasn't really a porno. So like I was still kind of expecting it to be like a soft core kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. But frankly, if you boil this down, it's just a Mae West movie. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. <clears throat> Not one of her better ones. Maybe we could say that, but it's the same thing. She's, she's famous. You know, here she's like world famous or she's famous in her own little world in the first movie that we saw, you know, and there's a good guy that she's fucking and a bad guy that she's fucking. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
that's pretty good. It 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 felt a bit sad. It it felt a bit sad to me. I, I you know. Yeah. Oh oh god yes it, yes. That's why I messaged yeah. you that this is the same movie as Bill and Ted. <clears throat> As Bill and Ted face the music, it, it's yeah. it's they're both sad in that same way that they're trying to do what they've always done very successfully. But your yeah. time is gone, man. Yeah. In the 1930s, she was a revolutionary pioneer in the cutting edge of women's liberation and stuff, and and and. She's 84 years old in this film, and it's just, it's just kind of sad. Yeah. Uh, There's, there's a, there's versions of this story that are everywhere, and different actors say different versions of this story. But, but the legend of this film boils down to allegedly she had hideous cataracts in her eyes and couldn't read. So she had an earpiece hidden in her wig and the director would feed her lines. And there's a, a spinal tapian story that one day on the set, her wireless earpiece picked up a police frequency. <laughs> and during filming, she said something like, we've got a 2319. <laughs> Something like that, but the director came out and said that the reality of that of that story is that when they finally got a script handed to them, it was weak, and so May West and the director rewrote the script at the last second. But now May West didn't have time to memorize the lines, so she had the new lines fed to her in her earpiece. Yeah. And I don't see any truth about her picking up the police frequency, but there is a story that the director would say where she's in an elevator. She's sitting in, standing in the elevator waiting to come out during a scene. But uh, finally the director says, you know what? That's a wrap, everybody. Let's wrap for the day. That's a cut. Thanks, everybody. But apparently her hearing was so bad that she didn't hear it and stayed in the elevator for a half hour. (laughs) Poor girl. Somebody go get grandma. (laughs) That's like the there was an MTV movie awards where uh, when when Will Smith did Wild Wild West. Yeah. And. And uh, he's doing it on the MTV Movie Awards, and he has uh, uh, Stevie Wonder, and Stevie Wonder comes out, and he starts playing the piano and backing up Will Smith, and then that was the end, and everybody walked off stage except for Stevie Wonder, because no one thought we would have to get him. (laughs) So Stevie Wonder just stayed on the stage for a painfully large amount of time waiting for someone to come get him. So that reminds me of Mae West oh, in this movie Sex Tat. It's a oddly, bit sad. And- oddly enough, Timothy, Timothy Dalton does not put this on his resume, but Ringo does. Yeah, this is probably a big deal for Ringo. Probably yeah. not for Timothy Dalton. Well, I hope to never hear him sing ever again. That's one. That's one. It, hopefully, I'll never have to hear Timothy Dalton sing another word. 
ever. I and imagine then, this would. And I feel greatly, greatly disappointed that Mae West's memoirs fit on one cassette tape. One tape. One tape. Just one single tape. Yeah, that's weird. But it, you know, in the 1930s, she's creating this character. But now at 84, she's just playing like a caricature of the character she created. And yeah. it's just kind of sad. You know? It's just kind of sad. It, it's a big mess. It's a big mess. It's a yeah. fiasco is what you would call it. It's got a 3 out of 10 on IMDb and a very low 18% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I mean, this film is regularly appears on people's worst movie of all time list. I mean it, it was it was bland. Like I, yeah. it wasn't funny. It was trying to be and it was just it was just bland okay so so here's the hard part bunny uh why don't you help us out with the plot of this movie because there is very very little may west is famous she's like worldwide famous but maud or what the hell is her name in this movie doesn't matter. Something it's a like, fucking Mae West movie. Yeah. And she is getting married to Timothy Dalton, a extremely young Timothy Dalton. He had to be yes. in his like early fucking twenties. Yeah. You know. Uh and he is British royalty of some sort. And they're getting married. Uh at the same hotel, you're having a United Nations meeting. Why? Well, I, I don't know what exactly. I shouldn't have watched. I, I I recently. Yes. Don't eat anymore. Okay. Don't eat anymore. That is mine. Okay. 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 And guys, please be quiet. I'm trying to do this. Trying to hear money. Sorry. Continue. I just recently one of my hard drives crashed. But I had just recently got and lost under the rainbow, which I watched just ah. the night before this. So it's a little difficult to kind of sort them out, but really kind of similar. The Tony Curtis was a Russian, which was yeah. totally convincing. Uh, and he was going to do something bad, but I don't know what. And it was kind of like a, a little UN meeting up in one of the hotel rooms. Yeah. And somehow that made Mae West's memoirs on one cassette tape very, very important. Okay. Sorry. So Hello. that that that's that's kind of the plot. Yeah. She's 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 having sex for the government? 
Something to like help, that. To help them with when there's a country that they're having a problem with, they send Mae West to go have sex with the leader? Some, or something to that effect? That's that's kind of my takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a quote here that I thought you would really enjoy, Bunny. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's from film critic Dennis Dermody. And it's really great. He says in his review, I managed a theater on Cape Cod that premiered the movie when it opened. And one man came over to me afterwards. Kids, kids, can you please be quiet? Please, please be quiet and stop yelling at each other. Okay. I managed the theater on Cape Cod that premiered the movie when it opened and one man came over to me afterwards, ashen and visibly upset and muttered, it's like watching your grandmother at a gangbang. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah kind of. That's, that's pretty good. So apparently back in the day, Mae West would write, produce, direct, and star in her own plays and, and scandalous plays. And that's how she made a name for herself with these plays. And so this movie is based on the last one she did on Broadway in 1961. I don't know why it took, well, like almost two decades to turn it into a movie. Yeah. I bet the movie would would have been a lot better quality if they filmed it around 1961. Yeah. Because she... Probably would have been a, a, she would have been a lot younger and probably would have been able to dance. So I, I will say, because I try to be positive about every bomb that we see, um, uh, I would rather watch Dom DeLuise sing Honey Pie than watch any of the celebrities in the movie Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Okay. So. That's a positive. Fair enough. Yes. Yeah. This, and uh, Timothy just, Dalton. There's just not much to say here. George Hamilton's yeah. the Timothy, only one who looked like he was having any fucking fun. Timothy Dalton did his best. I was in. I I kind of enjoyed. I. It needs more. It did. It needed more Ringo. It needed much more Ringo. Uh, I I kind of enjoyed it when he when uh, Timothy Dalton would be doing an interview and and he wasn't aware that he was coming off as gay. Like I yes. thought that was kind of thought that was kind of cute. But the film cost upwards of eight million dollars to make, and it made fifty thousand dollars at the box office. This movie made roughly a Delgo of money at the box office. So, wow. hooray for that. But it was nice seeing Dom DeLuise. I haven't seen Dom DeLuise yeah. for a while. You know? Yeah. He, he used to be doing his best, and he, Dom DeLuise seemed to be having a bit of fun. Have you ever seen his brother? You know what his, who his brother is? No. His, no, his brother is Sub Deloise. Sub Deloise. He's the brother. 
of Dom DeLuise. You know, two sides of the same coin. I found a weird story about this movie, uh, I think, on IMDb. I'm not sure where. But apparently, Rhino Home Video released this at, on DVD. And and they somehow fucked up, and the DVD quality was worse than the VHS quality. Wow, okay. And people were, like, really pissed off at Rhino Home Video Presents Sextet, because apparently it's, like, full of shit, but I don't know. Like... It was kind of. I'll I'll tell you another thing too. Uh, uh, Natasha was watching a, a bit of the end with me, and both of our mouths dropped on that last line in the movie. Which last? I I, I kind of remember it being pretty classic, but what like, was it? You've you've saved you've saved everyone. You're like Paul Revere. Oh yes, the British are coming. Yeah. 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 It, it, like our jaws were on the floor with that uh Paul Revere line. Okay, so Bonnie, I'm gonna give you this one. You're gonna take this one. This one is all you, okay? Okay. All you because it's time once again for our reoccurring segment, Can We Thor to It? Where we try to do a bad sequel to the movie we're discussing, a la Thor 2 The Dark World. Bunny, you have been chosen to do Sextet to The Dark World. What are you doing? What's your vision? Well, I'm doing a bad sequel. This is a really bad starting point to spin off from. Okay. Okay. The Bay City to resurrect Mae West. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, that. Well, now wait. Yes. With the help of Dabney Coleman and the Solid Gold Dancers. So more of a comedy horror that Mae yeah. West was such. A sex symbol that somebody dug up her corpse two years after she died, yeah. which would have been right after this movie. Because look at her. Okay. Yeah. She here's, didn't. Here's the. She didn't line. have long. Yeah. Here's the tagline: "Sex tech killed her career. <laughs> now we resurrect it." Yes. That's the tagline right there. Boom. So we have a strange guy who has dug up her corpse and has taken it home to have sex with. And he has a tape recorder with all of Mae West's like best lines. So he'll just like hit the tape recorder and he'll just be like, come up and see me sometime. And then it'll click it off and like that'll get him started. You know? Yeah. Uh, and oddly, in this sequel, he then lives happily ever after. You See, know, he's uh, he's found his he's found his his soulmate. Uh, she's dead, but you know, look, find love where you can. 
if we're making this uh, sequel shortly after the first film, we could probably get Anthony Perkins in this. Yeah. Like 1979, 1980, Anthony yeah. Perkins. He's not doing much. We can yeah. get him. We can get him. Canon Pictures. This will be a Canon Pictures. He was doing made-for-TV movies like How Awful About Alan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, we got this. We got yeah. this. That'll be a good sequel. That'll be a good sequel. I'll, I'll definitely watch that. I'll, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. So, uh, so that's all I got for this week's movie, which was honestly more than I thought I would have. Yes. So, so there's that. Uh, really excited. Really excited. Bunny. Yes. Bunny, what do you got for us next week? What do you got for us? Next week, it's time to play a game of racist or not. And this is 1969's Peter Sellers comedy, The Party. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Are you serious? Okay. 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 My dad fucking loved this movie. Yeah. And he had it on beta, and it was like one of a handful of movies that you could get my dad to sit down and watch. He loved that movie. So you are familiar with this movie. What? I, yeah, yeah. I, does he not say a word in the film? Is 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 that? Am I right in thinking that, or is that oh, a no, different he's, movie? He's Indian. He yeah. Okay. He's he's Indian. Oh, okay. And that's that's where it's like this is really kind of you know you're doing Indian face is what yeah. you're doing yeah he's doing he's doing brown face and and let's make an Indian guy look stupid in a movie you know yeah yeah, yeah. but it's also funny as hell and was it meant to be racist knowing a bit more of peter so's background where he was like kind of racist to begin with thinking the answer may yeah. be probably yeah um hey, yeah the racist parts of breakfast at tiffany's the movie yes is basically Okay, so that'll be exciting. I'll ha I'll have a lot to say next week because uh, this is this is one of my dad's favorite movies. I, I did not realize so, it was a trigger movie. <laughs> yeah, you said the party, and I'm like, son of a bitch, fuck. So yeah, I hadn't, I haven't thought of that movie in a very long time. So, so that'll be exciting. So, yeah, so that's next week. Okay, next week, 1969 Peter Sellers, The Party. That should be exciting. Uh, but now that I'm looking back about this week, uh, Stephen Miller, Baby Shark, Mission Impossible, Betty White Power. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode of the podcast. Okay. I, I, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to, you know, step on your toes. You're the person who makes that distinction, not me. But yes, I, I agree. I concur with your assessment. Good, sir.
So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve. And on behalf of Maxwell and Eleanor and everybody else in the house, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you do truffles and poopy tits. And, and, wiggle that top. And, uh, and you papers. And I sleep. Cut and print.